Uh, I haven't been this drunk to start the intro in a while. Yeah, my my lunchtime lunchable apparently isn't helping me out too much. Turkey and American, I thought I could rely on you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Drunk as a skunk. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried here. Please join Mike. Andrew. For the next episode of Slam Drunk. The Bears season's going to end on a double doink. That's a clown question, bro. I'm eating burritos bigger than you. You know, that's why I'm like the maple syrup. Syrup drizzle. You got to make that play right away, baby. Is a hot dog a sandwich? It's not a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. Because water is on what? Welcome back to Slam Drunk. I'm Drew Hernandez the fourth. I'm Mike H. The H stands for Hoover Dam. Westner, always forget the last part. Thank you for joining Season 2, Episode 2 of Slam Drunk. This is our March Madness episode. Just like the NCAA tournament, this episode takes place mostly in April, but also relies on free labor of college students to make it all come together. Uh, We're excited to get into this episode, but first we have some housekeeping. We're keeping the house clean. Housekeeping! First, we're going to start off with Drew's fridge. Mike, it's my fridge, but can you explain it for us? I've never been so excited to explain Drew's appliances. Back in college, August used to break into Drew's apartment and leave sticky notes on his fridge tallying Bryce Harper's home run count after he signed with the Phillies in 2019. So we want to make that into a segment. So after this MLB season has started yesterday, we're going to visit Drew's Fridge for Aug's takes on baseball, specifically your Philadelphia Phillies, not a sponsor. Mike, talk baseball to me. Talk Phillies to me. Bro, the Phillies oh, fucking Sorry, won. I'm sorry. I meant Aug. August. <laughs> August. Like, I'm not talk prepared. Baseball to me. Talk baseball to me, August. It's been a year and a half since we were in college. Can you please update us on the amount of tallies that would be on my college apartment fridge? based on the number of home runs that Bryce Harper has hit this season thus far. Thus far, Drew, it is going to be almost a full tally for his almost a full home run that he hit. He hit the ball well. He was seeing the ball well. He got a walk in the first game. His OBP is already above league average. What else do you expect? The Phillies are going to do amazing this season. We've made the adjustments we've had to make in the offseason, and I'm really excited to share... A lot of tallies on this new segment, Drew's Fridge. Yeah, baby. Sakura walk-off win against the Braves, baby. How about that energy, that speed from McCutcheon we haven't seen in over a year? McCutcheon is just the most fun player to watch in baseball. He's always playing a prank, like spinning on the ground, doing a nice slide, doing a cool dance. And he led off the whole season with a hit. It was like first pitch. He was after it, got on first. That's how you play the game. You know what I always say, Mike? Hitting is mono. What I mean by that is that it's like a disease. And once one person gets it, you know, we've we learned a lot about diseases over this past year but I will not change the slogan, hitting is mono, because it just is. That's right, folks. You heard it here first. Hitting's not like COVID. It's like mono. Classic. Is hitting unlike COVID, though? Or is that just insensitive? Hitting can be like COVID in like 20 years once we all get over it. Is that when mono first came out 20 years ago? 
Yeah, mono was huge in the 90s. I was a mono baby, actually. August, can you also please tell us about the drama around the MLB All-Star Game? Absolutely, Drew. Commissioner of Baseball, Rob Manford, notorious dick, making all the wrong decisions for baseball, put out a statement just today. I'm so glad that he put it out before we recorded. But he said, in light of the very restrictive and racist targeted anti-voting bill that's passed in Georgia, the MLB All-Star Game was supposed to be in Georgia. But today, Manfred said, I've decided that the best way to demonstrate our values as a sport is by relocating this year's All-Star Game and MLB draft. Major League Baseball fundamentally supports voting rights for all Americans and opposes restrictions to the ballot box. And I absolutely love this move. A lot of people were worried that what this would do, though, is it would hurt the small community businesses that we're going to get a lot of money from the All-Star Game. But he addressed that also. Manfred said that in addition, the MLB planned investments to support local communities in Atlanta as part of our All-Star Legacy projects will move forward. Oh, yeah. boy. And I know that these investments to Georgia won't help all the small businesses that would have benefited from the All-Star Game, but I appreciate the MLB is taking a stand and showing the country that there will be consequences for stupid, fucked up actions like voter restriction, and that that just won't be tolerated by civilized society. Anyway, let's check in on Drew in this housekeeping segment. Drew, how are our Chicago Sky doing? The Chicago Sky are doing pretty well, considering it's the offseason for the WNBA. The WNBA season kicks off in July, but before then, we have the WNBA draft on April 15th, 2021. So we have, I don't know what day today is. We have two weeks until the WNBA draft. The Chicago Sky are picking eighth overall. I'm hoping the Chicago Sky draft a shooting guard eighth overall. It is the most glaring need for their roster as it currently stands. And... We'll check in in two weeks on how the Chicago Sky draft. Mike, if you feel comfortable, it might be funny to say, just to remind everyone, Drew Edsway's opted team because he couldn't remember five female athletes. But that's only if you feel it. I think you should just add that audio of you telling me that I can do it. All right, now it's time for our women's final four update. More energy, Mike. More energy. You sound like a cuck. (sighs) Now it's time for our women's final four update, which I actually have going on in the background. We have four teams, as is regular per the final four, three of which are one seeds, South Carolina, Stanford, and UConn, but one of which is the little underdog in the house. We have Arizona, who's never won a title, the only team in the final four that has never won a title. They've never even made it to the final four. They're a definite dark horse. They're playing UConn tonight, who is favored by 13.5 to win. Obviously, this is going to come out after they maybe win, but I'm rooting for Arizona. Why? Because they have something to prove. They were omitted from the NCAA promotional video that came out today. The fucking commercial for the final four only had three teams. Come on. So if you're like me, you're going to be rooting for Arizona and their five foot six lefty guard, Ari McDonald, who has dropped 30 plus in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. It tied into what Jamie said when she was on the episode about how we frame and watch women's sports. Like the fact that there are only three teams, there's no one putting in the fucking effort to like make sure all the teams are represented is just the type of institutional shit she was talking about. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I was I was going through and I haven't watched any NCAA before this, so I'm just not a big college basketball guy. But watching Ari McDonald's highlights to get ready for this episode, she's fucking fun to watch. So that's on later tonight, so I might flip it on because that is fucking fun. Also, who doesn't love a 13.5 underdog to win? That is like free money. That's not true. But You got financial interest in this, Mike? Yeah, I've actually bought the University of Connecticut. Don't tell anyone. Yukon coin? CryptoCon. At Salami. Also, it's the first Final Four in NCAA women's basketball history to feature two black head coaches. Current Hall of Famer Dawn Staley and hopeful future Hall of Famer Adia Barnes. Mike is our local basketball expert, but I, as we all know, am the fantasy sports expert. So we'll combine the two and we will give you a quick fantasy basketball update today. Fantasy. Fantasy. Fantasy, yeah. Written into our script, it says August is 12 and 2. We don't know if those numbers have been double checked and verified by NPR. August is 12 and 2. Tyler's 10 and 4. Billiam, our European correspondent, haven't heard from him in a long time. WhatsApp has been kind of glitchy lately. Uh, Billiam is 7 and 7. Hey guys, yep, that's still me, still here, still ready to report and make a real life comeback in fantasy basketball just like I did in fantasy football. Back to you guys. Myself, Drew, coming in at a strong 5-8-1. and eight and one. Trevor's here at 4-10. and 10. And Mike, our local, once again, basketball expert, sitting at 3-10-1 and, and one on the season so far. We'll see if he can pick up a powder blue ball surprise ending by the end of this season. Fellas, it feels bad. Uh, I don't want to say I watch the most basketball, but I definitely am a huge basketball fan. Our friend Tyler, who is not a basketball fan, is in number two. Maybe he's a converted basketball fan. I don't know. Tyler, do you have anything to say about it? Yeah, we'll have to say I'm in between teams right now, not growing up watching basketball, but I think 76ers are calling my name, but I also have a friend out in Chicago who's trying to pull me to the Bulls. So is that the team, the Bulls? Whoever sends me a jersey first, you got me. That's right, Slam Drunkers. Venmo us at at slam-drunk so we can send Tyler a 76ers jersey. Fuckable. Drink, drink, drink. Uh-huh. Mike, that first burp we didn't get. Okay, thank you. Excellent, excellent, right. excellent, excellent. Exactly we solved it, guys. Three, two, one, go. Sushi. Tsunami. And we will be coming back to Slam Drunk right after this message. Welcome to Drew and Mike's Tsunami Sushi Palace. Have you ever just wanted to get away from the beach and ride that sick wave of tuna and just like raw tuna and shit? Have you ever thought about what animals a tsunami brings to the beach have you ever thought about what it would be like to drown and have your last uh the last thing in your taste buds be rice rolled up with some hot stuff and maybe a little seafood if you're looking for a little bit of raw undocumented fish that rolled up right on our shores you have come to the right place 
with the new... I froze a little. Can you still hear me? Now I can. With the new British Columbia landlocked Tsunami Sushi Emporium, you can experience all of these sensations without even having to leave. You muted yourself at the end. Where did you leave? Without even having to leave British Columbia. Welcome to British Columbia Tsunami Sushi. Do I know where British Columbia is? No, but I work here, I live here, and I love it here, and you will too as soon as you taste our deep sea seasonal eel that just rolled up on the shore today. That's right, we've been remote for 13 months because of the pandemic. None of us have even been to British Columbia, but if you want a good Canadian roll, that's all we sell, so you're gonna have a good time. And if you know where British Columbia is without having to Google it, send us an email at slamdrunkpod at gmail.com and I'll Venmo you $2 because I actually do not know where that is. I would like to know and I would be impressed if you know. Be the first to email us $2 straight from Papa Drew. And some seafood sushi. Tsunami sushi. Fuck. Ride the wave. Just kidding. I think that's copyrighted by Kona. Or something. <laughs> Welcome to the Slam Drunk Season 2, Episode 2, Beer of the Week. It is time to open our third beer and get into the Beer of the Week. This week, we are drinking a substitute for Red's Wicked because Florida's a cuck and sometimes also Maine is a cuck. Tyler, you're in Maine, right? Yes. All right. Sometimes Maine is also a cuck. So we planned for Red's Wicked 8% apple ale. They shit the bed in Florida. Didn't sell it there. Boo-hoo for them. Good for us. We are now drinking 8% Mike's Harder Lemonade of various flavors. Mike, tell me more about this beer. I don't yeah. know if it's a beer either. Let's see. It says contains alcohol. <laughs> so does beer. Premium malt beverage. Fermented from grains. That's what our designation was for reds, right? It was grains versus fermented apples. You see, August, I read the script sometimes before, before the day of the podcast. So Mike's Harder Lemonade is fermented using grains and oats, which means this does qualify as a beer, which means we can keep the title Beer of the Week. Mike, tell me more about Mike's Harder Lemonade named after your great-great-grandfather, Michael Harder Lemonade Westner. That's right. That's what the H stands for in, in Michael Harder Lemonade Westner. He's, he's my, my great-something grandfather. You already said it's 8%. Mike's Hard, if you didn't know, is alcoholic. Uh, it's a premium malt beverage. You can find more at mikesharder.com. Like I fucking said, it has gluten. Oh, it's certified to remove gluten. Oh, not the beer, just the distributor. We're drinking out of pints. This can is recyclable. Oh, it's from Rochester, Memphis, and La Crosse, Wisconsin, all at once. Oh, and all their trademarks are registered. So get fucked, IP patent office. We're trademarked in this bitch. Drew, shall we record the can opening sound? Yeah, real fast, I just wanted to say also trademarked is my fucking hiccups that I have from drinking this thing. We're too deep. We have two more to go. This thing's 8%. Shitty website, like August says. I don't know how to really use the internet. 
but that's okay. We're drunk. We're here. We're drinking flavored lemonade, and we're here to get drunk. We're here to talk sports, and fucking yeah, brother. Here we go. Oh. For a little context, we were going to drink Red's Wicked. I went to six stores in Florida in two hours and couldn't find it. Shout out Vicky for calling an audible on Drew and picking up some Mike's Harder Lemonade and Flavored Cousins uh, after he'd already bought Red's. So today we've already drank two lemon flavors, and now I'm cracking open the black cherry and have strawberry on deck. Drew, what do you have? I am crack open. Fuck. I am crack. I am cracking open a cranberry. I've already drank two Mike's Harder lemonades, the lemonade flavor. And now I have two cranberries on deck, so we'll get through this one. I'll probably throw up, and then we'll be back for the fourth one for the Mike and Drew beer review. Right off the bat, I want to tell you the sugar is not good. It's not good with the Wagyu, brother. We'll get to that later, I suppose, with the Wagyu for chronological reasons. Bro, we're in the shit. This is like... I need a fucking purple heart for drinking this black cherry. This shit sucks. I hate this. Fuck you, Rochester, Memphis, and Lacrosse. Fuck you, Mike's Hard Lemonade Corp. All trademarks registered. I don't respect you or your IP license. Oh. I'll be a little bit nicer. I am a fan of cranberry juice. Thus, the Mike's Harder cranberry has a leg up on me. They have prepared for this moment. Um, talking on the best sports and beer podcast that there is in the United States and in the world. And they have prepared for this moment. I actually am okay with cranberry. However, um, I would not consider this a beer personally as not a beer scientist. And I would also consider this to be too sweet. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to be goddamn hungover. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I'm going to forget to drink water. I'm going to forget to take an Advil. And I'm going to wake up and I'm going to not feel good. And it's because I'm drinking Mike's Harder Cranberry. So delicious right now? Yes. Poisonous later? Absolutely. I would drink this on a plane. You know, cranberry juice is usually my go-to on a plane for absolutely no reason whatsoever. So, hey, if I can get cranberry with a little bit of booze built into it, sure. I mean, why not? This beer is lowering my morale. Oh, right. It's not a beer. This black cherry, for context, is the worst thing I've drank on this pod, and we drank six Bud Lights. The bad news is we are instead drinking Mike's Harder Lemonade. Uh, I, I think it was a little dental dam. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't, but anything to uh, explain the cosmos, you know? It's like inventing a religion. Now it's time for the first sermon of the Church of Football from the First Prophet. It beeth time to give my first sermon from the holiest of holy caves in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is in Drew's basement. It's very holy. Today marks time of reckoning for the NCAA. And the football gods hath no mercy. For the bondage of the boys and girls in servitude. Alright, Matt Gates. It isn't right. It's like really, really bad and fucked up. 
Our brothers and sisters are not being treated equally under the court's shining glorious light. And oh, how do they shine? They shine on us, the players, to bring forth the glory of the football gods. Gods. Now I know you're thinking. Thinking. What can the football gods do to help college basketball players? What can the football gods do to help college basketball but players? But you mustn't doubt the power of football superstition. That's relevant here as well in basketball. Football fame. Yeah. Basketball fame. Yeah. Fuck. Could even say baseball fame. I yeah, I might. Yeah, you could convince me. I would definitely say that if if you convinced me. She's a powerful energy. Yeah, she empowering. Powerful, powerful energy. She hers herself energy. I get you. We are here for our brothers and sisters being used as a commodity while their education gets juked aside. Juke that bitch, motherfucker! I mean, don't, but same energy applies. Now moving on with Slam Drunk Season 2, Episode 2. Oh, Holy Spirit. Release yourself into the NCAA basketball. I was mesmerized. I'm converted. Where do I sign? I'm going for the sermon. I'm, I'm built for sermons. The cranberry booze will fuel my sermon. We have to remember, church is fucking weird. I'm a conscientious objector. Dude, we, we gotta throw that into church of football. Don't you think the Catholic Church went too far? (laughs) (laughs) Now that we've converted you to a religion, right where we want you, we're going to move on to the NCAA slam drunk at gmail.com fucking brackets. All right, buddy? Just to clarify, we're doing brackets of favorite beers. So Drew and I picked our eight favorite beers, combined them into a bracket that August created of our sweet 16 beers bracket. Now it's time to argue on behalf of our favorites. First up, we have Mike's Yingling versus my Miller High Life. Mike, defend your choice. It's my favorite beer. It gets you where you want to go with a normal percentage, and it's also tasty, and it's sponsored by my favorite sports teams. Or I guess the other way around. It sponsors my favorite sports teams. On my end, Miller High Life is a beer drunk by all of my closest friends from college. That's tough, dude, because all your closest friends are my favorite. So, fuck. I'm ready to forfeit. That got me in my feels. No, I'll, I'll award a forfeit to Yingling. Actually, I was going to say the same thing. I love Miller. I love Yingling. I identify both similarly with a group of friends. And I am willing to concede the quality of Miller High Life to the quality of Yingling, albeit closely. This fucking sucks, dude. I have both in my fridge right now. I love both. 
Although I have all of these fond memories with my college buddies and friends and people that I never knew that I gave a beer, I will concede the position of the Miller High Life in this bracket to Yingling because Yingling is objectively a higher quality beer. Mike, move us on to our second head-to-head matchup. Second round of the bracket, we have my two-hearted ale from Bell's against Drew's favorite, Shinerbach. Drew, explain yourself. Shinerbach, my number one seed, is delicious and has a great, simple design. I need not explain myself further. Drew, I I will give you Shinerbach. Absolutely, it's better than two-hearted. Am I supposed to say that? I concede. White flag, brother. I love Shinerbach. Fucking yeah. Nice. Next up, we have Mike's Unholy Copper Tail and my Bud Light Lime. Unholy is 9%. It's from a Tampa brewery. Fuck a conjunction. Also, it got Bill stupid drunk at a concert in Ybor City when we met Nether Friends. And Nether Friends is actually from the Philly area. So sorry for the conjunctions, but it means a lot because it got fucking Bill drunk before he introduced me to a musician. Turns out instead of a slug fest, this turns out to be a cuck fest because I will concede Bud Light Lime to the unholy copper tail because objectively speaking, I fucking hate Bud Light, but I goddamn love Lime. And I can tell from Mike's argument that he is absolutely passionate about this beer. I am less so passionate about Bud Light Lime. The unholy copper tail moves on to the next round. Next up, we have Marshall Zukov from Cigar City Brewery and Nexus Scotch Ale. Uh, Marshall Zukov is just really tasty and it gets you really fucked up in Tampa. Nexus Scotch Ale is fucking just as tasty and we reviewed it on the podcast because of how tasty it was. So I'm sticking to my guns here on the Nexus Scotch Ale. Yeah, I'll stick to your guns as well. Scotch Ale was delicious. It was really tasty. That's cool. We both reviewed it. Fifth round, we have my Hialai from Cigar City in Tampa as well versus Drew's De La Vega's Pecan Beer. It's time to be slam cucks once again because I will concede to Hialai. I fucking love Hialai. I cannot argue with the high ABV. And while I love the De La Vegas pecan beer, it sometimes is a little bit too sweet for me. Highlight I can never get enough of. Mike, what do you think? I've never had the pecan beer. Oh, wait. Yes, I have. I, did I? Is that the one I tried in New Mexico? Yeah, oh, I man. don't think you liked it at all. No, I did. It was sweet. It was sweet. Oh, okay. I liked Maybe it. it was Maddie that didn't like it then. For the purpose of this, because I have to wrap it up quick, I'm going highlight just for the same reasons you outlined, but that is not a diss towards pecan beer. It holds a good spot in my heart for Drew and Vicky in New Mexico. Next up, we have Mike's Fat Tire from New Belgium Brewing and my Michelob Amberbach. I'm absolutely sticking to my guns on Michelob Amberbach. Every now and then, you just need a dark beer. That's exactly what Michelob Amberbach is. Amberbach is, and Fat Tire is run by a bunch of cocks, if you Google it. Fat Tire's got a great design, and it, it tastes good, and it's also a little bit higher of a percentage. Uh, but I could concede to Amberbach. Love Amberbach. Shout out Ryan Alamo in uh, eight, ten, 10 pin lanes, 10 lanes. What is that? The bowling alley in St. Pete? Because they had that on draft, and I got real fucked up there with, with him and some improv guys. Love Amberbach. Seed number seven has my Heineken versus Drew's Peroni. They're both outsourced. They're both European. Uh, Heineken has a special spot in my heart because it's from, uh, sorry, it's from Amsterdam, 
and our, our dear European correspondent is reporting from, from that country, but I also love Peroni. One, Amsterdam is in a country. Two, Peroni's fucking delicious. We also had Ben Polino, the co-co-host for in the case of one of our co-hosts has a hurricane happen upon his house. I'm going to stick with my guns with Peroni. I think it's fucking delicious. It's not as accessible as, as Heineken is in, in my experience, but I think it tastes better. And I think it is worth more based on a six pack and August, tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe it has a higher ABV. So all plus, plus, plus on my Italian side. I'm willing to stick to my guns here. What do we do in that scenario? Heineken versus. I shall break the tie. All right, August, go ahead. The better beer is Heineken. You're a fucking cuck. Oh, baby. If I had a Vuvuzela, I'd Have hit you it. had Peroni? Also, great commercials. Phenomenal commercials for Heineken. Next up, we have Mike's Perpetual from Troeg's Brewing and my Kona Big Wave. Mike, defend yourself and your choice of Perpetual beer. Troeg's is a Pennsylvania staple. Shout out Lou. He's from the same town, Hershey, Pennsylvania, where Trogues is from. And Perpetual get you fucked up anytime you come to Delaware County, Pennsylvania. Not that that's where Hershey's from, but that's where I'm from. So pretty similar. And I'll just say Mike has spent time in Pennsylvania, obviously a large portion of his life. That's where he's from. I have spent less time in Hawaii, but, you know, maybe better time in Hawaii. Love Hawaii. Love Kona Brewing Co. Love the big wave that they have. It is absolutely delicious. The packaging is great. The design on the beer can or the beer bottle itself is great. I I don't know anything about Perpetual, so I cannot really concede this round. I love Kona Big Wave. August, have you had both of these beers by any chance? Trogues does Mad Elf, if that if that changes your opinion. It does, but then again, it does not. Kona Big Wave reminds me of one of the tightest mates in the gaggle. Dustin, the Rocket, Peters. He always has a big wave Kona on hand, and so I will always have his beer on mind. Dustin, if you're here, we fucking love you, dude. I'll, I'll concede that, that the first 18 years of my life in Pennsylvania probably weren't as good as the, the few months you spent in Hawaii, and I also love big wave. Stay tuned for our next episode, season two, where we talk about the Elite Eight. The beers that are moving on from this segment going on to the Elite Eight in next episode, and we will debate the fuck out of these beers, and you'll be there to listen. August, I don't know if you have. Did you know that I have showered and Mike showered? If you ever want to feel like you've done the PCP or a night out, just go to 7-Eleven and grab yourself a Mike's Hard Black Shade. It's just fucking hell. It's a downer for sure, man. It's a downer for sure. Do you know I have cooked a turkey in his oven? Walmart sells both turkey and beef pastrami. I almost bought some, but... How do they pastramize multiple animals? Yeah, August, can you just talk us real quickly through the difference between a turkey and a cow? Mike, follow my lead. At first I was afraid. I I was was petrified. petrified. Welcome to the impromptu Mike and Drew food review. Mike, start us off. What are we eating today? We got that fresh ground Wagyu cattle beef burgers from Walmart. Homemade, delivered from Walmart, imported from Japan. Correct. Do we know how to spell it? Yes. Do we know how to say it? Maybe not. We're not exactly sure. 
Um, I think it's Wagyu. I hope it's Wagyu. Mike, how did you prepare your Wagyu ground beef burger today? I was in a bit of a rush. I would I would have done a lot more to it if I could, but I just tossed in a little garlic powder, a little chili powder, uh, a little something for the kids and some American cheese. That's about it for me. Usually I would have marinated it, you know, got a little sauce going, but I had to pod, so did what I could. Drew, how about you? Yeah, I had a little more time today because my Walmart apparently is more accessible as far as booze goes and the variety that it has, which is super weird because, you know, you're in a more populated area than I am, but it is no matter. For my Wagyu burger today, I uh, I went pretty hard. I did a pretzel bun, the Wagyu beef, whole bunch of seasonings in there. We won't go over that. Cheddar cheese, a fried egg, and some bacon. Absolutely fucking delicious. I already ate one of them earlier. Like we said, we're recording a little bit late today, so no worries. I have a second one. Won't eat the whole thing. August doesn't like our chewing noises, but that's okay. Mike, let's go ahead and give a bite into our second one. It's probably cold by now. It's still going to be delicious. And today we are reviewing the Wagyu beef, the Walmart Wagyu beef burger. Pinkies up. Mm. Yeah, uh, right off the bat, Joe, I'm going to let you know, I burned the fuck out of this one. Yeah, I got a mouthful of Wagyu right now, or Wagyu. I don't know how to say it. Who knows? It's from Walmart, so I don't feel especially inclined to say it the right way. But I'm going to say Wagyu. I'm going to say Wagyu for the rest of the episode. That's what we're doing here. I made a Wagyu burger. I went pretty hard for it. All the grease in the pans are still upstairs. I didn't have time to deal with the dishes. Sorry, everyone that lives with me. But this is fucking delicious either way. It's from Walmart. It's good. It's got bacon. It's got an egg. It's got thick sliced cheddar cheese, spicy mustard, and absolutely delicious. Love the burger. This is my favorite type of burger. That's why I made it. That concludes my review. Mike, any concluding thoughts? Yeah, it's real sweet. Uh, Google says that it has higher levels of intramuscular fat or marbling. So it's, you know, it's sweeter. Uh, I think it's probably less healthy. I don't know. We'll find out. Thanks, Wagyu, the official beef sponsor of SlamDrunkPod at gmail.com. Walmart Wagyu, we'll see you at the hospital. New rule, you get one conjunction. <laughs> what, what if I don't know what a conjunction is? This is the worst thing in a can I've ever drank. I'm not even fucking joking. I had some oatmeal, I had a pulled chicken sandwich, uh, and some steamed broccoli. But dude, I'm telling you, just go get a sausage McGriddle. Do they do all-day breakfast? I think they do breakfast till like 10.30. That's reasonable. Right off the bat, two minutes later, we got such good feedback from our first bracket that we decided to make another. So here's our Sweet 16 of mascots coming at you live this April for March Madness. Starting off in round one, we have Mike's, the Nationals Racing Presidents. And my own Drew Hernandez the fourth's dinger from the Rockies. And I'll go ahead and, and I'll I'll take first bat at this situation because Dinger is a baseball mascot for the Colorado Rockies. And I need not explain myself. Dinger is a fucking triceratops. 
Pick me one president. Pick me three presidents that will fight a Triceratops mascot. They will not do it. They are not cooler than a Triceratops mascot. Mike, I fucking dare you to argue with me. For what it's worth, I do think Teddy Roosevelt would try to hunt a Triceratops if it were available. And I think Andrew Jackson would try to fist fight it if it walked into his Congress. However, I got to give it to you. I Googled this motherfucker. He's a purple Triceratops with colorful polka dot frill. I have to go Triceratops. That's a dinosaur in sports. And to be clear, when we're asking for more dinosaurs in sports, we mean representational names only, baby. Toronto Raptors. That's a front page guy. I didn't even know that there was a Triceratops in the Major League Baseballs. Okay, that's a mascot. Raptors have a mascot that's a raptor. The Rockies, they couldn't do a mountain mascot, so we're not giving them credit for that. We need more dinosaurs in sports. Even if we appreciate Dinger, we need names only, baby. Our second, not round, but whatever you want to call it, our our second filament is Finn the Whale from the Canucks and the Philly Fanatic. I'm just going to go out and say the Fanatic has been consistently rated the best mascot in sports because he throws his tits everywhere. He messes with players, fans, umpires, managers, other mascots. And he, he basically invented the genre of fucking with the other team. Since, what, the 70s? Like, when you think about mascots fucking with people, he wrote the book on it. Yeah, Mike, I have to agree. If we are going by the actual coolness of the mascot the philly fanatic is fucking cool he is different he fucks with the other team those are two very important parts to a mascot now finn the whale is different doesn't quite fuck with the other team absolutely would murder philly fanatic in a fight but philly fanatic is also from philly so we have to give him a couple bonus points from that but in a stadium setting in a sports setting philly fanatic is cooler So next up, we have the Swinging Friar from the San Diego Padres, and we have Benny the Bull from the Chicago Bulls. Benny the Bull is absolutely winning in a fight. No fucking doubt in my mind whatsoever. I mean, the Friar is fat. Like, if you look at his mascot, this is not a buff Friar. Most Friars are not. And he's also peaceful, you know. But, you know, I think that's cool because it's unique. Kind of the same thing as the Philly Fanatic. It is different. You would not think the fucking Pope would be a mascot for a baseball team. And whereas a bull or just like the Buffalo Bills Toro is, but, you know, it is objectively more dangerous. So I will say, you know, the Friar is cooler. The bull is more dangerous. Mike, what is your tiebreaker vote on this? The Friar, I just want to point this out. He's got a fucking pale face, but like gray fingers. And fingernails, it's fucking disturbing. They're, it's like a completely different complexion. He's like the Frankenstein motherfucker over here. Yeah, but a bull would kill him, no doubt. You take an airlift from San Diego all the way to fucking Spain, and you just drop him in a matador arena, he, he's getting his shit rocked. Uh, also, in terms of who I want representing my team, a friar would be cool, no doubt. But I'm going bull. Shout out, Trevor. Agree. If I had to choose a mascot for my team, if I was going to be funny, if I had to play like two games with this mascot, I would pick the Friar. If I had to be serious, I would absolutely pick the Bull, and the Bull would absolutely kick the Friar's ass. Mike, what are our next two mascots that we will be putting head-to-head in this bracket for this week's episode of Slam Drunk? Hip-Hop and Boltman is our fourth round 
of motherfucking mascots fighting and or being cooler than each other. Drew, do you have to Google hip hop? Because I need you to see what the Sixers mascot was when we were born. He's horrifying. He's like the sunglassed. Our viewers can't see, but Drew just took off his glasses and started shitting himself laughing a little bit after a, a nice hearty yawn. And that's exactly how I feel looking at the crackhead Easter bunny that is hip hop. I don't know why the Sixers got rid of him. He's exactly the spirit you need going into the playoffs. Yeah, let's visualize these two mascots for everyone real fast. Boltman is a person in the stands who is fucking ripped, okay? Bodybuilder with a chiseled jaw and has bolts for, like, fucking ears or antlers or something, okay? I'm a Chargers fan. Boltman is cool. Boltman is also fucking weird. Okay, next up we have hip-hop. Hip-hop, just like Mike said, is the sunglass mascot original mascot of the philadelphia 76ers he is a rabbit he is fucking cool quite frankly he reminds me of eminem in eight mile who if you have ever watched that movie you don't want to go up against that guy it's straightforward Boltman, love you you're very cool somewhat intimidating i am not going up against that rabbit so i will concede to hip-hop the former philadelphia sixers mascot <coughs> Can I just say for posterity that it, it is beautiful that, I mean, I have a lot of favorite teams in a lot of different leagues, but the Sixers are number one, and I know Drew feels the same about his Chargers. It's beautiful that we have our mascots meeting together in this warm embrace in the fifth round. Also, they both have sunglasses. That has to mean something, right? We were meant to host a podcast together. Next up, we have the Philadelphia Flyers Gritty from Mike, and we also have Drew's gorilla from the suns he doesn't have a name is literally just the gorilla from the phoenix suns i guess i mean you know the sun is a pretty complicated mascot i would say personally that the gorilla is a pretty solid stand-in if i didn't have a predetermined mascot mike what are your thoughts on that i love the gorilla man but gritty he just he took the world by storm he literally threatened to kill the pittsburgh penguin I don't know if any mascot has ever threatened to kill another mascot over Twitter. Like, seriously kill. He gave a threat over Twitter, sleep with one eye open bird within the first year of his existence. And he's become a socialist meme. So I love the Suns Gorilla in any other round. I would vote for him. But I just got to stick it out for Gritty as far as I'm concerned. Even my homerism aside, I got to stick it out for Gritty. Man, he just means too much to the culture of the 21st century. Also, fuck the Penguins. That's a little homerism. No, Mike, I have to agree. I think that, you know, the gorilla from the Suns, if I had to have a replacement mascot, because otherwise my mascot was going to be the fucking Sun, gorilla would be up there. It would be behind dinosaurs for sure. But obviously, United States professional sports teams aren't as woke as we are. They haven't started listening to our podcast just yet, according to our data. But up next would definitely be the gorilla and similarly large mammals. But still, you can't vote against Gritty. Gritty fucking smokes crack. Gritty will pull your heart out of your fucking chest. Okay? You have to vote for Gritty. There are very, very few mascots I would vote for against Gritty. Next, we have the Toronto's Raptor, Raptor, and all the Stingrays at Tropicana Field for the Tampa Bay Rays. I put Stingrays 
just because I love them and it's really fun holding a beer over them. And, you know, when the caretaker looks away on the stupid indoor stadium that all of our friends graduated at, you just, you drip a little beer for the stingray. So a little baby boy got to get a little beer during the, the, during the race game while they lose. But I'm, I am a slam drunkard first and I need to put dinosaurs forward for my paleontological instinct. I got to go Raptors here. I would concede, even though I love live animals in sports stadiums. August, don't Google it. What do you think is the number of stingrays that are present at Tropicana Field on an average game day? What is the number of stingrays in that tank? Seven. Seven. Okay. I, Mike, I'm with you. I am a slam drunkard first and foremost, especially in this. I am very pro dinosaurs, but... A single Stingray killed Steve Irwin. I think if we went on the average of seven Stingrays and anything above that, I think those Stingrays are going to kill a Raptor. And I know we're not talking about fighting. And I want to go for the Raptor. Stingrays are also cool. I don't know the, the history behind Stingrays. I imagine they are similarly old as dinosaurs, just like sharks are. And, you know, for that reason, if I have to take seven Stingrays against one Velociraptor, I'm going to take that. I have to go the Stingray. So it's actually really weird that we flopped here, but I'd like to hear your thoughts after my counter argument in favor of your Stingrays. Uh, no, I completely agree. I, I think the appeal of the Stingrays is for anyone who hasn't been to a Rays game. You just waltz in there. You grab yourself a copper tail pop. You get a little buzz on and then you walk over to that outfield and you just hang out with the stingrays for nine innings. You can't do that with a velociraptor, but if you could, it would be worth it. So I'm all for those animals in stadiums. However, it's not possible for velociraptors until we get some bones in a stadium in Toronto. I just got to go raptors. I'm right there with you. And I, I expect you to, quite frankly. But stand your ground. You know, you live in Florida. Florida is probably a stand your ground state. I can talk to the killer whales, you know, killing the fucking Philly fanatic. I can talk about that if you want me to. If you don't think it's entertaining, you know, then that's a different story. That just pisses me off that there's no fucking Triceratops named sports team. I can do better. I can do better, coach. Weak burp. Insert strong burp here. Uh. Welcome to the Mike and Drew Beer Review. Mike and myself, Drew Hernandez IV, are opening our last beer, a.k.a. Mike's Harder Cranberry and or Strawberry Beverage. Mike, how is Mike's Harder, whatever flavor you have, for deep? I loved lemon. I had two. I would have lemon again. I hated black cherry. I talked about it a lot. Luckily, our kind and benevolent producer let me, oh God. Oh, that was a war wound right there. Let me skip it and then go on to strawberry. Strawberry's pretty tasty. What, what, what are your, your thoughts? Favorites? Not so favorites? So what is my favorite out of the flavors we drank today? No problem. Simple question. I'll do it anyways. So today I only had in little Deming, New Mexico, off of the Interstate 10 in southern New Mexico, 
I only had access to two Mike's Harder lemonades and two Mike's Harder cranberries. And quite frankly, I preferred the cranberries, but I always could prefer cranberry. Cranberry is delicious, as we noted in our first. Um, okay, if I were going to rate Mike's Harder. Ah, I keep hearing Mike and getting excited, like a yeah. dog at the races. Uh, Mike's Harder lemonade and cranberry for deep. I would say delicious yet sweet. I'm definitely going to wake up tomorrow and I'm definitely going to feel like shit because no, I will not remember to drink water and no, I will not remember to take ibuprofen. So I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to feel like absolute shit. I'm going to blade him on Mike. August is in Europe. So, you know, less parameters for him to be punished. And as far as what drink vehicle I would drink this beverage on, I always pick cranberry juice to drink on the plane flights. If they don't have it, I pick Coke, but if they have both, I'll do cranberry and Coke. But if they only have one, I'll do the cranberry and I will drink this Mike's harder cranberry all day long on a plane. I will wake up in a different city, have no idea where I am. And if I had a beer, Mike, if you had this beer, Mike, if this beer were a team for you, what team would it be? Ah, oh, shit. I didn't even think about a team. Ah, uh, fuck. Where is this from? It's from Memphis, somewhere in Wisconsin, and somewhere in New York. That's so many options. So if you combine those, I'll go first. If you combine those, you get the New York Giants, who I'm pretty sure whose stadium is in New Jersey. New Jersey, I'm sure, is a combination of wherever in Wisconsin this is from. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's from Memphis, Tennessee, and somewhere in New York. Fuck the New York Giants. Fuck Eli Manning. I didn't want you to be a Charger, but you were a bitch about it anyways. Fuck you. Phillip Rivers is better. And the cranberry Mike's hard makes me feel that way. I found a hair on my Wagyu burger. Anyway, I fucking hate the Giants too. However, <clears throat> however, I'm going to say that this is the Nashville Predators because I don't give a fuck about it. And also it's a little too sweet for my liking. There's not enough sweetness to go around. It's all in Nashville. I had a fucking Coca-Cola Jack Daniels frozen drink at a bar in Nashville, and it was fucking disgusting. And that's how I feel about the black cherry drink. The rest of Mike's Harder has been great. Fuck the Giants. I don't care about the Predators, but I'll also say fuck them just so somebody says fuck me for it. That's my team. Did we already rate this on a scale of 1 to 10? I'm going like four out of 10. Drew, where are you? It's good to drink. It's sweet. Granted, I have the I have the cranberry. You have the cherry cough syrup. So that's going to factor into this. I'm going to give this a good like five out of 10 because I know I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to feel like shit. This is not a drink that you drink and then feel good after. If you can afford to feel like shit the next day, you got access to Uber Eats and all that kind of shit, then hey, good for you. Drink this as much as you want. You're going to feel like shit in the morning, but you can deal with it. I cannot. I will not. And thus, this is going to get a 5 out of 10 for me. It's sweet, easy to take down, but I am absolutely going to feel like shit. I am already super drunk. That's a plus. It tastes okay. Yeah, it's a lemonade, not a beer. This is the first beverage that has convinced me that seltzer is worth buying because it doesn't fucking taste like puke, but it gets me where I want to go. I fucking hate this. Fuck the Giants. Fuck Uber Eats. All right? Drew's eating his Wagyu. You know he agrees. 
Now, oh, we already did our commercial. I get, what are we done? Fuck. That was good. Hell yeah. Look at another. Let's do another commercial. He's going to hate us for this. Let's do it. Uh, Drew, let's, let's talk about, uh, uh, let's talk about the new farm, the new pharmaceutical that'll cure your uh, dialysis. What is dialysis? Fuck. I was really hoping you wouldn't say that. Anonymous disease drug. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Season 2, Episode 2 of The Slam Drug Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Fernand. Go back to your name, please. (laughs) I'm your host, Carmenthal and Fernand. Our own names, please. I'm your host, Drew Hernandez IV. And I'm your host, Michael the Hoover Dam Wessner. August Diddy Dichter writes our scripts. Edits our voices and blots the smudges on our faces with a wet nap. Tyler Salami Eglund, who's the second seed in our fantasy basketball tournament, fermented our episode art this week. Our intro song samples Dreams by DJ Quads. Check out Chill Out Records on YouTube and chilloutmedia.com. Drew's gonna drink some water while you email us at slamdrunkpod at gmail.com. Slamdrunkpod at gmail.com. Send us an email. Follow us on Twitter or our link tree with all the links. And Instagram. They banned us from LinkedIn. We got trumped from YouTube. We also have a Facebook. But who uses Facebook anymore? And also OnlyFans. Subscribe to our OnlyFans. Church of Football, non-porn, but close enough. It's worth it. It's better than Bella Thorns. Also, remember, please do not drink if you are under the age of 21. But if you're over the age of 21, drink some water and take some ibuprofen tonight if you're drinking along with this episode. Because we are fucked up. Also, wear a mask, even if you're fully vaccinated. Because you don't know who's not fully vaccinated and what you might be carrying in that fucking pretty nostril of yours. All right? Huh? This episode is brought to you by Bye. Walmart, Walmart Wagyu. We made burgers with Walmart Wagyu beef. Are you like me? Did you not know that in some states you cannot buy alcohol during certain times of the day? Yes. Have you ever wanted to get an extra beer in the ninth inning of a game only to be rejected because some people have to drive home? It is ridiculous that the state and the federal government require us to drive home, especially after paying six times for a $13 beer at a super shitty NFL stadium that represents a super shitty Jacksonville Jaguars team, not to mention any team. We allegedly love free market capitalism, but not to a point where we have to spend like a lot of money for a lot of beer that we can only drink in like the first half of the game and then have to like what, pay to drive home? That's fucking horse shit, dude. We're libertarians for a better sports equality. Remember, 
what the libertarian slam drunk podcast says. Let them play. Let them play. And let them drink. Not sponsored by the Slam Drunk Podcast. Hold on, hold on. I have a burp. I have a burp. Oh, fuck. Hold on, hold on. Give me one more sip. It snuggled back in there. Snuggled. Oh, God damn it. Oh, it's still snuggling. Yeah, it's it's cuddling me. It's cuddling my esophagus. It's not coming out. Cuddled. Up. Cuddled. Gone. Consider my esophagus cuddled. Cuckold's more like it. <laughs>